Hello there, I'm John Murray and you're listening to the Football History Boys podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode, first episode in a while actually, of the Football History Boys podcast with me, Ben Jones, and to the right of me, Gav Thomas. It's great to be back at long last, nearly two months away. It's yeah. been a long two months. Two um, long months, yeah. A very busy two months, mm. but we'll come on to that in a little bit later. Yeah, so what's been going on? Um, school's been very busy, as we've said in the past with both teachers. School's been busy for both of us, I think. Um, yeah. That winter term is is tough, isn't it? It's Nights are getting darker, kids are getting tireder. Teachers are getting tireder. Teachers are getting tireder. It's, it's a long, long running. And so um, part of the reason why we've been away is, is that. What's yeah. the other reason, though? The other reason is that we've been quite preoccupied with a, a project that we are doing. Uh, because we have uh, started, well, almost finished now, writing a book. Unbelievable, really. Um, considering where we started a couple of years ago, just out of a hobby in our uni bedroom, we never thought that actually this would lead to the fact that we're getting a book published. And four no. years later, five years later, um, we're actually at this point where we've we've written and we're almost there. We're about to send off the manuscript to the editor for a book to be published in 2020. Quite unbelievable. Published by Pitch Publishing. So thank you very much to them. Yep. Published um, people like Emil Heskey's autobiography. People like that. Yeah. So it goes good books, actually. A beautiful badge. It's a very, very popular one. Yeah. Um, and what's it called? It's called The 50 Most Important Moments in Football History. So, yeah. So some of our listeners might rem- remember that we did a series of uh, blog posts about the 50 most important moments of football history uh, last year, but they were quite, quite short and quite concise moments. And we've gone back over them. We've uh, had a rethink about a one or two and we've added in a whole lot more detail. Um, really, yeah, really gone in. Yeah, gone in huge amounts of research. Uh, it's been, uh, and that's, that's why we've been so busy, isn't it? Because for me, certainly it's been finish school, go home, um, make sure all the work's ready for the next day and then get on with writing. It's just been a, a constant, uh, sort of couple of weeks of just tapping away on our keyboard. Trust trying to work life balance with more of a, a work book balance. Yeah, work book balance. But yeah. it's been brilliant and I, I cannot wait. Um we hope lots of you will enjoy it when it's published. As we said, it'll be in the new year. Um yeah. but incredibly excited about that. Yeah, looking good. So with that in mind, we uh, decided to ask our followers on Twitter a couple of questions this week. First question was what do they think should be included in the 50 most important moments in football history. And the second question we asked was, what for them is the most important date in football history? And we had loads of different replies, but on to that later. Uh, so we'll have some of the stuff in the news at the moment. So at the moment, I've got my phone out. It's on the BBC Sport uh, news page, just seeing what's going on in the world. And I can't help but scroll through and just see those three letters over and over again. VAR. It's... I mean, we're not going to be able to cover a whole month, a month or two months lot of VAR right now because that would be about five or six podcasts worth. But some major moments recently, uh, particularly in the Liverpool Man City game, what happened? Well, it's, we talked about it, didn't we? Uh, right before the season started, 
Right when it's the lovely summer holidays with nothing else to do the podcast in our lives. Yeah. It was lovely, wasn't it? Yeah. It was we nice. talked about how we preempted VAR was going to be big. I think everyone preempted VAR was going to be big. And then we look at various moments that happen. As you said, we can't touch on every single one because there's something every single week, almost every single game. But that one, that Liverpool Man City game, basically the pre runner to who's going to win the title, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, a stunning performance by Liverpool. Yeah. But it's that moment, just three minutes into the game, wasn't it, that, that sort of grabbed everyone because it was, what on earth do we do here? And I think I think VAR was, what on earth do we do here? So, ball comes into the box, flicks off Bernardo Silva's hand, doesn't it? Yeah. Then on to Alexander-Arnold's hand, and he quite clearly, with his arm, stops it going to Sterling. If his arm's not there, if he doesn't get in the way, it goes to Sterling, Sterling probably scores. Uh, but, it, but it would be disallowed, wouldn't it? Because... It hit Bernardo Silva's arm. Well, exactly. That's, there's the problem. So the penalty's not given. Well, nothing's given. The ball's cleared up the pitch. Liverpool score from it. Yeah. Um, lovely strike as well from oh, Fabinho. Amazing Fabinho. goal. Yeah, lovely. Lovely, lovely Brilliant. goal. Uh, goes to VAR, and then suddenly people are like, what's going to happen here? Mm-hmm. Because as you said, if they gave a penalty, well, then they'd have to rule the penalty out because Bernardo first handballed it. Yeah. Because that was an attacking phase of play. Yeah. So the attacking phase would have been ruled out because of Bernardo's handball. Mm-hmm. Yet, it was quite clearly a handball from Trent. So yeah. they were in a very much a situation that they could do nothing and the ball was cleared up the, the field. And it was and quite quite a, enough time, I think, between... And also, Man City had a chance to clear it, didn't they? And they sort of scuffed it out, I think. Gundogan sort of daisy-cuts it right back to Fabinho. I think, I think there was about 21 seconds in there. I think there's, there's enough from one box to another. I think that's quite a big gap. Yeah. It's just Liverpool attack at a speed that not many other teams attack at, so... Yeah, and I, and I think that Obviously one is... Got a bit is of Liverpool bias as well. well. Yeah. <laughs> I think that one's one of the, the less... Uh, I mean, it was difficult, but actually some of the ones that we have seen has just oh, been insane. Liverpool again, Firmino, when he was given offside by his armpit. But I, I am going to refer you back to your comments. Ah, yes. Offside is offside. Ah, but... Yeah, but that's true, but he wasn't even offside. Well, that's, 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 the, that's the other question. Because the line from his arm, from his armpit, down to the floor isn't underneath his armpit it's underneath like further than his left leg so it doesn't quite make sense considering it's his right arm yeah. and uh, and the first angle that uh, it, was, it was ref Axon wasn't it Axon gives he's, he's now offside and then he redraws the line slightly wonky as Chris Gamara was showing on um, Sunday supplement and it was given offside but I did say yeah I did say earlier in the year if you're offside you're offside but it's easy with feet so when Son's, Son's foot earlier in the year was a you know a toe offside, it's easy to see. But with an armpit, mm. has anyone ever scored with their armpit before? I remember Balotelli scored with his shoulder, didn't he? But if you score with an armpit, surely I'm sort of raising my armpit right now into Gareth's face. If uh, you score with your armpit, I'm sure that that hits a bit of your arm. Yeah. So it was I don't know. I don't know. I and well, it's like the Lundstrom <laughs> goal against Tottenham. Um, he was a toe offside, so he is technically offside. But I think what people are so devastated by, really, and it, it's two separate arguments, really. The offside one, I think, is separate to the, the penalties one. Because the offside one, as we said, offside is offside. And so Lundstrom was offside, even though it was a toe, even though it was ridiculous, and no one could see it until they slowed it down in super slow-mo. Yeah. And they saw that Sheffield United's Lundstrom was offside in the phase of play just before it comes into the box, before they score against Tottenham. Actually, fine. Actually, I've not got a problem with that. I know it's ridiculous. I know the Firmino one is ridiculous. It's the ones where you're looking at it, like Deli Alley's. Do you see that one against Everton? Mm-hmm. Um, his hands were above it, his head. Yeah. 
Yeah. His hands were above his head and they chose to decide not to give it. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was Stonewall. So actually, I think, I don't know what's going on. They've said, uh, as reading today, um, that yeah, after Mike the international Riley, break, yeah. they're going to try and improve things. So fans in the stadium will know a little bit more about what's going on. Um, they don't use the monitors, do they? And not well, that's the other thing they said. Yeah. yeah, Mike Riley apparently instructed the referees before the season not to use it because it had gone down so poorly in other countries, isn't it? And you know, I know people again in this I country so well at the World Cup. Yeah, we were both pro it actually. I World loved Cup. you yeah, yeah. at the World Cup. We were both pro it, but um, lots of people were against it, weren't they? Saying it's ridiculous. The monitor every two seconds. Yeah, it just it's just a messy situation at the moment, and I think. That they needs to be sorted because actually what it's doing is damaging yeah, the Premier League. It's obviously here to stay. It's not going to go anywhere. No, so and we've got, got to get on board with it, with it because yeah. the same people who were calling desperately for VAR last season are now hammering it this season. Brilliant, right? And I did yeah. say as well. I said I like VAR until your own team is caught up in it, yeah. and uh, that's what's happened. So there I you go. I am. <laughs> um, right, just looking back in the news, um, England right now are playing against Montenegro, and they're winning three 0 to twenty five minutes. So they're oh, really? going to. They're going to qualify for the Euros and France are losing 1-0 at home to Moldova. Good. I know. <laughs> Good. And Andorra scored as well. Brilliant. There you go. Maybe later. England saw so on the way over the uh, their youngest lineup for 80 years. And it's also their 1,000th game ever, um, which I was quite surprised about because I thought they would have played more. Um, yeah. Purely because what I said to you, wasn't it... Um, Players like Steven Gerrard, David Beckham, Bobby Charlton, they've all played over 100 games for England. So they've you know, played over a tenth of all England games, and over 10%. And that seems a bit mad, considering the first game is in 1872. And, you know, it's 2019 now. It's quite a long time. I think it also shows how much football we play now compared to what we played then, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, internationals, mind. Every yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. Definitely is more now, though, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There we go. And I think a few tournaments they didn't qualify for. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you can read about some of those big England moments in our upcoming book. But we're not going to say which ones. <laughs> not yet. But yeah, I mean, you could probably read some stuff on our website, but that's that's not for anyone else to say. Right, what's next then? What are we saying? Uh, read some of these moments out from the, the, the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Let's have a little break, uh, and then we'll come back and we'll read out some of your top moments that we uh, you think should be included. Then we'll talk about some of the ones that we definitely think should be included. That's not saying they are, I'm not saying they aren't. And yeah. we'll also discuss which dates from football history stick in your mind. Lovely job, Okay, well, welcome back. Let's sort of merge them together and let's let's talk about people's memorable dates and people's uh, most important moments in football history because yeah. it's really the same thing, isn't it? The same thing we're asking. Yeah, well some of the most important dates they've given or their dates that are personal to them correspond with some pretty big moments. Absolutely. So we'll start off with, I mean, some some uh, listeners, or listeners, yeah, listeners have given us dates, some just dates. Some have given us dates with the actual moment as well. So the ones are given us just dates, we've tried to work it out. So, for example, we had one from, was it the 18th of May, 1998? Or 16th May 1998. Uh, Nathan. That, Nathan, thank you. And that was, uh, well, from what I can see, it's the date that Paul Durkin refereed the FA Cup final. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, big day. Uh, the FA Cup final was between Arsenal and Newcastle, and it was a double win. But I'm I'm pretty sure it's about Paul Durkin's refereeing more than the, the double. Yeah, do you reckon? Presumably some sort of relation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Okay, right. Go on, uh, give me one. <laughs> Planish and FC, who have tweeted us in the past. Thank you uh, again, guys. Uh, 
1950 World Cup final between Brazil and Uruguay in front of a record attendance of nearly 200,000 at the Maracanã. One of the greatest demonstrations of overconfidence in international football history. Brazil had already printed their names on the gold medals prior to the final. Yeah. What a moment that is. Um, definitely one for us to explore at a later date. The, the Maracanazo. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Brazil, home World Cup, guaranteed basically to win, but they don't. Important moment, actually. Um, although I, a couple of comments came back to that, didn't they? It wasn't actually technically the final. It was the final group game. Yes. Uh, yeah. But it was, you know, as good as a final. Yeah. I think uh, FIFA calls it the final in their official reports. Um, yeah, huge moment. Obviously massive for Brazilian football because of the, the sorrow and despair that came from the game. But some people actually argue that they say that uh, what happened at the end of that game in Brazil's, you know, Re re uh, re emerges later on. Um, they pinpoint that date as the date of modern football began, like the modern football we we know today. Yeah, that is the day they say it all started. So from nineteen fifty, nice round number, but they, that's when they believe it happened. So that is a very important date. Um, right, looking down, I have one here. We got August the sixth, twenty twelve, from Gallum Gar- uh, Gallum Cardner. Um, I think it's. I think it must be Callum Gardner. Yeah, it is. Uh, but he swapped around. Uh, he's written to us before a few times. He gave us one of his uh, all-time 11s a few a few uh, podcasts ago. He's got uh, Canada versus the United States at the 2012 Olympics. So that's a women's football game. Uh, I remember watching this. Did you watch that one? Four, yeah. 4-3 to USA. I think they scored in the very last yeah. minute of extra time. And as well, England versus Italy at the 2012 Euros. So they got him into sport. So that, there you go. So there's a moment which probably wouldn't be included in a, a top 50 list of most important moments. But, you know, a, per, a personal importance got someone into the game and you can't can't knock it, really, can you? No, of course you can't. Absolutely, of course and you can't. for Welsh fans, I'm sure that was a, a great date for them as well because Italy won, didn't they? Yeah. Stuart Carrington, you came back with a few. Thank you, Stuart, um, for your major moments in football history. Hungary's victory of England... The, uh, presumably the one at Wembley, their first ever home defeat to a side outside the British Isles. Do you, do you know the date of last? 25th of November? So, uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, well done. And then obviously the the, the, the next game. 1953. Yeah, there you go. And then the next game when uh, Hungary replayed each other again in Hungary. In, in May. 7-1. Yeah, in May. Amazing. England go back for revenge and they lose <laughs> again. <laughs> they get battered. Oh, yeah. Sorry, England fans, we've knocked you a bit here. Yeah. Happy thousandth game. They're five nil up. So in fairness. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Maybe uh, thousandth game. We uh, Carrington also says um, Maradona in the hand of God. I mean, huge, staggering huge. formation of the Premier League. Of course, that is massive. Whatever you think about the Premier League, we had a little discussion off air before about the Premier League. Um, you know, whatever you think about it, is a foundational moment really for modern football in Britain. Yeah. The Bosman ruling again. Yeah, massive. Now players can leave on free transfers. We talked about that in a few podcasts ago, didn't we? Yeah, that's a huge moment. Uh, I mean, the hand of God moment. If there's ever a game to epitomise or define a player, it's that, isn't it? It's you've got the best goal of the century, so it shows how good he is, and then come back, come back to that with a, a cheating handball goal as well. So it shows the two sides of Diego Maradona, and which, then laughs about it. You know, went on with his career. <laughs> Says, "Oh, you know, it was partly me, partly the hand of God, or whatever." And that's yeah, how yeah, it was so born. God was involved. Uh, David Kilpatrick, um, good friend from the Football Collective, uh, he's given us a moment from New York, and that is Pele's last ever game. 
The 1st of October 1977, his final game for the New York Cosmos, which was against his uh, long-time team, Santos. Um, so that's actually obviously a huge, huge moment for history for, for Pele, for Brazil, for New York uh, Cosmos. So yeah, big for American football, actually. Yeah, yeah. We've got one here, well back, uh, a date well back. I don't da- think... Danny can... Wellback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they can remember this. Um, or oh, that could be offensive, couldn't it? Not, not in a bad way. Um, the, the 16th of April, 1900. I mean, what were you doing that day? Aberish with Town 3, Kevin Druids 0. Huge. Or just the Druids back there. Uh, goals from Green, James and Story. Uh, yeah. The so, Welsh Cup final, that's from Hilary Evans. Thank you very much, Hilary, for that. So, yeah, massive game. Aberish with Town. There you go. Another one I really enjoyed here, and they actually sent us the newspaper archive, um, clip of it as well from Hearts Heritage a uh, uh, Hearts fan Christmas Day 1875 the earliest recorded derby between Hearts Midlothian and Hibernian played on the East Meadows so obviously for those up in Scotland up in Edinburgh where that rivalry so fierce that is a massive moment there yeah got another one here uh, split day here we've got 25th of May came across three times we had it 1977 1967 and 2005 so 1967 first, that was the Lisbon Lions. Um, huge moment. Uh, the first uh, non-Latin team to win the uh, Champions League or the, yeah. the old European Cup. Um, playing, attacking, free-flowing, beautiful football against the sort of uh, turgid Catanaccio style of uh, Inter Milan. So it was the... Well, they call it, it was the death of Catanaccio of that game and it was a resurgence of this new attacking flair football which then, then the following year uh, Matt Busby would win the, the uh, European Cup with yeah. Man United playing similar style of football and we talked yeah. about actually again how they were all from um, a very very small radius of Glasgow as well weren't they yeah I think small. within 30 miles of Parkhead it was less than that but yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. and all a lot of them knew each other uh, very well as well and they were friends and I think Coming from uh, certain areas of Glasgow, which had been hit quite hard um, in that, around that time, like economic economically wise. So I think it's yeah, it's a big big moment. It shows the power of of a team to a community, and it really shows how how a community get on board, and that team becomes you know the identifiable with them, which is quite nice. Uh, so have a look through oh, the other one. Sorry, twenty fifth of May was Liverpool beating Borussia Mönchengladbach in seventy seven, their first European Cup. And then the America of Istanbul in 2005. That is a pretty special day, isn't it? We remember that one. I, yeah. Years he do that. Yeah, the old uh, wobbly legs. Wobbly legs. Copy and grobbler. And that save. Yeah. Uh, nice one here from Phil Dodsworth. Um, I absolutely agree with you, Phil, here. 30th of October, 1976. There is no feeling in football beating that time that you walk into the ground for the first time as a kid. Oh, yeah. Leeds versus Arsenal. Yeah, I remember with Cardiff City. What was your first game? <laughs> so maybe I don't. Maybe it's not that significant in terms of ingrained. I remember there's a couple which could be my first game. All oh, right, um, okay. But the 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 main yeah them. the game that I remember now as as really like this football is unbelievable was um we beat Gillingham five one and Robert Earns just scored a hat trick. Oh, he was so good on it. Yeah, he was such a goal really? scorer. And that, like, for me, I've been lots with my, my cousin and my uncle and things like that, but that game sticks in the head is, oh my gosh, this is this game is unbelievable. 5-1, Cardiff City are the best team in the world. We're not. But. My first game, I always thought my first game was Liverpool-Wimbledon uh, at Salas Park in 2000. 
Emil Heskey scoring a brace to win 2-1. But looking back, um, looking back uh, at other games I've been to, we actually, actually went to a Welsh game before that and it was the first game at the, at the Millennium Stadium. Wales against Finland and uh, Finland won 2-1. That's when Wales were pretty poor. Uh, it was the first game, Yarrow Lipman scored. So I remember watching that and thinking, wow, he's going to be signed to Liverpool one day and he did. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, I like Lipman and Hippier. Um, yeah. Another one here from John Rogers, who is a Man City fan, but also this is massive moment for me too. 13th of May, 2012. Sergio Aguero, uh, 93 minutes, 20 seconds. Um, he says, I can easily remember Man City being relegated and breaking my heart in 63 and watched them win it in Newcastle in 68. But the 13th of May eclipsed everything and being there involved every emotion. Never seen anything like it and probably will never be bettered. I absolutely agree. Um, it's one I've reminisced on before. Mm. I was in, in Swansea University uh, watching it around some friend's house in Swansea. They were all Man, City, Man United fans. There was yeah. me and an Everton fan just going crazy when that goal went in. Oh, it was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. That's when I quite like Man City because it was them against Man United. So they were the sort of the lesser of two evils. Now it's a bit different. Now that Liverpool are competing with them. <laughs> they were different. Uh, right. Another one... Here we've got, or right here we go. I'm going to test you this one, mate. It's going to test you, okay? Right, this is from uh, Welsh John fifty eight. Most will say the summer of twenty sixteen, which someone else did say. Yeah. Um, but I say the anniversary of Shakespeare's death in nineteen twenty seven. What's that? Is that where Fred Keenor earns his statue outside the Cardiff City Stadium? Correct. Yeah. Cardiff City becoming the first and only club outside of England to win the FA Cup. Yeah, massive moment actually, and the first uh, final to be broadcast live on radio. Yeah, uh, uh, which caused a few, uh, you know, a few arguments around the uh, broadcast and commercialization of football at the time. So yeah, there you go. Pretty you said uh, you tell me about that how they erected speakers in Cardiff to listen to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Major but, moment. Yeah. Obviously, about the way we consume football now, you know, what is it Sky with hundred sixty odd live games? Um, that was the that was the beginning of that dawn, really, wasn't it? I guess. Yeah, basically, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's radio, but def- yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because TV followed pretty soon after. Um, what else we got? Well, that, you know, you mentioned you t- you touched upon that one in, in Wales, twenty sixteen, first um, of July. Hal Robson, Carney, Cruyff, turn. Oh, spectacular! Watching it in a fan zone. In Cardiff. Hal Robson Khan, who had, who had no club. Clubless. <laughs> Released Hal Robson Khan, who we knew he was rubbish. We knew he was terrible. Um, but, but for he, that tournament. For that tournament, he was unbelievable. He became Pele. Flipping earned a Premier League contract as well, out of the back of it. I know, yeah, he was West Brom. I don't know, that's joke. Right, we've got... Uh, so I mentioned Liverpool beating AC Milan in 2005. We've also got, from a Milan fan... May 23rd, 2007, that was their revenge on Liverpool when they, they beat them 2-1 in Athens, which is funny, actually. Funny final, because Liverpool were severely outplayed in 2005, but managed to, to win. Yeah. Because Liverpool played well for six minutes, basically, and, and did the rest. Uh, whereas in 2007, Liverpool were the better team, um, but they lost. So there you go. Yeah. Shows you I watched that yesterday, in fact. It was on um, BT Sport. Was it? Yeah. Or repeat. The, the half hour. Half Kennedy, hour. tall Jan Kolowski, the yeah, shreds. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and just a final one then from John. Apologies for the pronunciation there, John. John Galarraga. Galarraga, yeah. Galarraga. I think he is Spanish. Um, yeah. There is two for him. 
when Real Sociedad first won La Liga in uh, 1981 and in 1988 when they won the Copa del Rey. It was such an amazing day for Zaragoza. And one more for me then. Uh, We've got Dr. J. Simon Ruff and he's gone for the 26th of May 1999. I think some sort of some team won a treble or something. I don't know who it was. You know, do, you, do you know who it is? It was a pretty, but you can't you can't take away from how special that travel was. In fairness, <laughs> I can try. <laughs> I'll fail. That yeah. particularly the final. I mean, I know Istanbul was good for Liverpool fans, but that finished that final is spectacular. Yeah, both in stoppage time. Yeah, sharing him to see, seemingly take it into a extra time, and then Solskjaer to it's, win it. It's one of those things where when I was younger and Liverpool in 2005, and people go, "Oh, yeah, man, United did this." You know, came back in '99. I'm like, "No, it's rubbish. Liverpool's way better." But now I can sort of sit back and go, "Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty impressive, to be fair." Yeah. Um, yeah. There you it go. Was. Fair play. Thank you for your uh, contributions, as ever. Keep uh, getting in touch. So you can tweet us at tfhbs. You can email us at the football history boys at hotmail.com. Or you can get in touch on Facebook, look us up, The Football History Boys. We'd love to hear from you. But for now, we'll take a little break and then we'll come back, I think, quiz time. Yeah, lovely. Welcome back. It is time for a quiz. A different quiz this week. We've had a few different uh, sets of questions. I've been trawling the internet for a good... 33 seconds and I found a website which I think is going to really test your football knowledge. I think it's quite a good level. It's not like overly difficult but it is you know of a decent level. It'll, it'll be tested. You know, I was chatting to someone actually about the pod the other day and they um, they said they really enjoy the quiz so it's nice to know that people they enjoy the quiz. Yeah. Fantastic. Actually I've heard that as well. Enjoy the quizzes. Um, I'm here for everyone actually all, all come and tell me. Uh, right. It's just the uh, 80 football quiz questions uh, from funquizzes.uk just .uk no code uh, right I'm going to go for just just pause there while we just say thank you to our international listeners obviously this may be a UK based quiz but um, thinking about our international we had a lovely email didn't we this week from someone in uh, where was it Massachusetts yeah Brian Sheehy Brian Sheehy yeah. a fellow teacher Thank you for your email. Yeah. Um, saying how, about how he loves the podcast. Thank you very much. Um, hopefully you can join in with our football-based quiz, though. UK-based Yeah, we, we posted uh, your piece on the football in the curriculum, sports history in the curriculum, and I had a quite a big response again from uh, from our followers. Do you see that? Quite yeah. a lot of uh, retweets. Yeah, interesting. Likes, we'll we'll take this tangent then. Um, yeah, no, I was saying, I, I, was, I showed it to actually some of the, the, the children I teach in, uh, the secondary school I teach in. Um, uh, and women's football we were talking about that as we've got a couple of women's footballers in the side who are brilliant absolutely brilliant and so we talked about how women's football becomes really big in uh, the first world war as they fill the gap with the men they go into the factories the yeah. dicker ladies people like that they were absolutely loving it they were like gobsmacked and then when I told them how um, football was banned for women in 1921 mm. they were raging oh, it was so good so it shows actually that article talking about how there is a place for sports history, I absolutely agree. And I think some of the fellow teachers around me were thinking, ah, oh, sports history, what are you talking about? But actually when I explained it, when we talked about the impact, and when they actually heard some of the, the, the children debating it afterwards, they were like, oh my gosh, like, they really care. So It's such a good way in, football. It sport, matters, doesn't it? Because that's what, that's what they love doing themselves. It's such an easy way to bond with young people as well, is it? So, oh, did you watch football last night? Definitely. Yeah. Even yeah. with primary school kids I teach, I find I do history, but... Some do the Tudors at the moment, but if I do a lesson on Tudor sport, 
I can guarantee I'm going to get a much more engaged class than if I do a lesson on Henry VIII's wives. I mean, you know. Tudor sport's great, though. Henry VIII's wives tells us a bit about Henry and about, you know, his goings on, a bit about international relations, but kids don't really care about that. And Tudor sport tells a bit more about, you know, the working class people and they're all playing in... Real tennis. So, yeah. Loving that. They get real tennis, so a bit, bit more upper class. But real tennis. Sociology. Anyway, quiz questions. Right. This is Premier League... You haven't looked over my shoulder, have you? No. No? You sure? Yeah. All right. Got a look in your eye. Right. Premier League trivia questions, champions and relegation, okay? This is what that's the theme. Question one. I might give you a few more this maybe not just five. Okay. Question one. Who went down in 1996-97 after being deducted three points? Deducted points. You dragon. 96-97. That is pre my listening and watching of football, sadly. I'm pretty sure this season. They also reached both the league and FA Cup finals. I would have been four. Yeah. Presumably be three when they were deducted the points. Yes. So I'll go with someone who was up and now no longer is it. Actually, can I have that clue? Are they Have they been back up since? Yeah. Oh, they yeah. have? Yeah, a couple of times. I'm gonna... Quite recently as well. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm going to say... <laughs> um, Middlesbrough? Correct. Well yes, I did. Well, put that one out of thin air. Well done. Flipping <laughs> uh, Which striker made the PFA Team of the Year in 2004-05 despite being relegated? Oh, that's Good nice. question, is. That's a cracking question. It's got a lot of goals. A lot from the penalty spot. Oh, Andrew Johnson. Correct. Andy Johnson. Andy Johnson. Bold Andy Johnson. Right. Loved penalties. Back then, if I was playing fantasy, I definitely would have had it. It was unbelievable. In what season did Arsenal's Invincibles go the whole season unbeaten? Oh, 03 or 04. Well done. I was very quick. Very good. Well done. I didn't even have to edit like 50 <laughs> seconds of a minute and a half. Well done. Um, number six. No, that's too easy. Uh, right. Which club conceded 100 goals? On the way to being relegated in 93-94. Oh, Swindon Town? Correct. Well done. Smashing it. So, so far you've got one, two, three, four. Right. Good stuff. All right. Got to find one. To... You'll get wrong now. Um. Yeah. Which club were relegated, were relegated in their first season in the Premier League in 97-98? Ipswich Town. No. Uh, Coventry City. Nope. One more guess. And my third and final guess is Bradford. Uh, no, Barnsley. So we're going with B. Okay. Not bad. Uh, I'll give you one more just for. Because I, I feel like it. Yeah, no, I like this. Number six. Um, the highest scorer in Premier League game finished 7 4. Which two teams played? Oh. What was that cup game? Was it Arsenal Reading? Now 7 5. Was that a cup game? Uh, yeah, a league cup, yeah. Yeah. 7-4, what year? Have we got the year? Uh, I believe it was in about 2007. Oh, gosh, I should remember it then. 7 Yeah, it was. Four. I got it right. Well done, 2007. Uh, it's also a Wikipedia page as well, I just found it. I might give you some bonus questions based on this. Uh, can you give me some clues about to catch? Uh, played on the south coast. Southampton. No. Portsmouth. Yeah. Against a team which has a crown on their badge who are not in the Premier League anymore. 
Oh, nice. They were up for a little bit. They went back down again. A crown on their badge. That's a good one. Pretty sure it's a crown on their badge. Or their nickname is to do with this, something to do with the crown. Reading. They do have a crown on their badge. Yeah, Reading. There you go. Well done. Uh, right, here's your bonus questions. If you can name me <laughs> three scorers, I'll give you a maximum ten points. Joey McEnough? No. <laughs> He's very sick. Um... <laughs> Portsmouth in two thousand seven. Portsmouth and Reading. I think Reading you should get you should get two of Is these. Ben Jarney there then? Yeah, you got a hat trick. Ben Jarney Muwarani. So he doesn't count as three scorers, you know he did score three. Well done. Ben Jarney. Think of Harry Red now. Nico Cratchaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nico Cratchaw. <laughs> he loved Cratchaw, didn't he? Loved yeah. him. Uh, he got another one that you like. Peter likes, Crouch. No. Oh, he was a Liverpool. Defoe. No. No, no, no. Uh, Think of Redding, Ginger up front. Oh, Kitson. Yeah. Dave Kitson. He's right. a secret footballer. Isn't there you go. T- 10 points. I think yours actually, wasn't it? Yeah. Right, he's in the scores. Ben Jarney, three. Herman Oriderson. Oh, yeah. Another one of uh, Harry's faves. Uh, Nico Crenshaw. Uh, an own goal from Ingemarsson and Sully Montari. Oh, good team there. Sully Montari, yeah. And then Redding, um, uh, Stephen Hunt, uh, Dave Kitson, Shane Long. And an own goal from Big Sol Campbell. There you go. Oh, it's a good big, good names there. Okay, seven four though. Excellent game. I'm watching a match today. Brilliant. Uh, I think yeah. that may be the one actually. That that famous Chris Kamara video where he's like blown away by how many goals are. He's lost count and they like get your fingers. No, no, that's not the red card, is it? But I think he's in that game. Yeah, he's in that game. Yeah, all the games. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't Pretty sure Reading lost six four that season as well. Someone. Yeah, they've got a few goals in them, but yeah. a lot of goals against them. Cool, that's that quiz done. Right, lovely. We'll lovely. Okay, well, we're going to take one more break, then yep. we'll come back, summarise things off, perhaps talk a little bit about Neil Warnock's impending retirement, perhaps. Yeah. And the surrounding future that is coming. Yeah, we might talk about something else in football that isn't VAR. That yeah, nice. that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Because <laughs> I'm a bit sick of it. <laughs> Okay, welcome back. Um, as mentioned before, I'm a Cardiff fan, but also I think this is just a football story. Yep. Neil Warnock, 70 years of age, in what he said is his last season of management. We don't know. He said that before and he's come back, or he's he's not retired yet. Uh, but he left Cardiff last week after defeat to Bristol City. Lost to Swansea two weeks ago. Beats Birmingham, um, perhaps to save his job for another week, and then loses at home to Bristol City. First home loss of the season. And he's now uh, been moved on, uh, walked away as well by the sound of it. It sounds like there's some sort of mutual agreement there. I think you just, uh, it just, yeah, results not good. Run out of steam. Um, Important games as well. Dance. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm devastated for him because I think he's done massive things for the football club. I know, I know Neil Warnock is very much not everyone's cup of tea. It's and, like Marmite, isn't it? Yeah. And, and it's very much when he's at your club, you love him. When he's against you, you dislike him. And I, <laughs> I, I know that. Because I've disliked like him over the years. Yeah, but for actually, for what he's done for the club, um, he calls us my beloved Bluebirds. He has united the club. The club, when we t- when he took over, was 23rd in the championship uh, in October true, two true, years actually, yeah. ago. And, right. and, and actually looked like we were just sliding towards relegation after coming down from the Premier League and, and just not doing anything really. Going from Paul Trollope to Russell Slade and, and just being mm. in quite a state. He promoted us and, and almost, I think, as 
people reflect on it. He always promoted this too quickly. The club wasn't ready to go up. Even even he said that. Yeah. Didn't he? Oh, yeah. I think that's what he thought, didn't he? Yeah. And they did so much better than anyone could have anyone predicted. In the Premier League. Well, his last away win, if he does retire now, which I don't think he will, I think he'll take a Scottish job. He's linked to Hearts. So I think he'll take it. Um, but his last away win is United in Old Trafford. <laughs> His last away win. Yeah, his last away win. I'd walk out on that. His last away win, 2 0 at Old Trafford. Um, And we were superb, and it's not carried on. And and yeah, so all the best, Neil Warnock. Um, I'm not thrilled by the fact that Mark Hughes is currently the favourite to take the job. Sure, but he plays nice football. I just, as someone said the other day, Cardiff are playing pretty naff football under Warnock. It's not, not very attractive. And then someone said, oh, you know, Mark Hughes, you know, play a bit nicer football. But then someone said, I don't think Cardiff got the players to play nice football. Well, no, football. and that's the problem. Like, that is the reality, that the club needs a whole restructure. And I think I think the job would have gone to Craig Bellamy had he not then been a, seemingly been a bully. lost his job. You know, that was the club investigation. We don't want to comment on that necessarily. But it sounds like he was just... Um, mm you know being Craig Bellamy I, I'd love it to go to Mark Hudson that's who I tweeted yesterday I'd absolutely love it to go to Mark Hudson who's our former defender um, he's now done his coaching badges he's caretaker managed at Huddersfield when they sacked their manager I'd like it to go to him and have a shot but I think it's either going to go to Neil Harris who's at Millwall or mm. Mark Hughes mm. or oh, what about Flynn yeah, Flynn, Flynn, but again, I'm proven at this level. And Lee Bowie is another one linked. And Lee Bowie does he's play done nice right, football. He's done, right job, done well yeah. at Charlton. Fair enough, right. We got but anyway, a little quiz, um, a side quiz. Can you name as many clubs as you can that Neil Warnock has managed? Okay, how many has he got? Uh, let me check. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Back to the one. Back to another one. 14, no. 15. 15 different clubs, 17. Oh, my God. Okay, right. Here we go. Sheffield United. Yes, a couple, that was, couple times. That yeah. was where he shot onto my radar because he was 99 to 2007. That, that video, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, right, Cardiff Yep, 2016 to 2019. Brilliant. Uh, Palace? Yeah, Palace, two occasions, 2007 to 2010 and 2014. QPR? Yep, two occasions, 2010 to 2012 and a caretaker manager in 2015. Plymouth? Yeah, well done. <laughs> 95 to 97. Oh, I wasn't anyone. Um, what about? It's all those kind of teams, isn't it? It's all the sort of bottom. Middlesbrough. No, but that that does sound like somewhere he's managed. Does not it? West Brom. No, no, never got them right. Uh, right, so I've got five. One, one massive club who think they're a massive club and they they are a massive club, but they're just not in the Premier League. Oh, Leeds. Yeah. 2012, um, 2012, 2013. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. Oh, I had one in my head. It's Blackpool? No. Oh. One that no longer exists, very sadly. Barry? Yeah, Barry. Oh, yeah. 98, 99. Oh, my gosh. Man, you know, teams. Uh, all up and down the country. Right, that's all I'm like down, down. Oh, no, you've got Plymouth. Right, you give me some clues. Uh, okay. One who were relegated uh, from the Premier League as well and have also struggled this season like Cardiff, but more struggled more than Cardiff, actually. Relegated last season? Yeah. Oh, flipping heck. Right. I don't really tend to look at the bottom of the table these days. Um, <laughs> Cardiff got relegated. Oh, my God. Who got relegated? Huddersfield. Yeah, Huddersfield. Okay. 93, 95. Uh, one, uh, again, up north, it is the Chuckle Brothers' favourite club. Rotherham. Yeah, Rotherham 2016. Got um, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about another one then? So another South Coast club. 
Southampton. No, smaller than that in terms of Portsmouth. Uh, size of place and size of oh that's like size of place and size of Exeter area no smaller again pool another holiday destination no you're in the right right Brighton. with Exeter-ish Canterbury that's not south coast isn't it Hastings that is yeah uh, south coast where was I in the right ballpark with Torquay I think uh, Torquay Talky, uh, yeah. Uh, another one. The world's not the world's the world's oldest football league club that aren't a football league club anymore. They got relegated last year. Oh, that's a good one. Speaking of that, I never realised how, how old Stoke were either. Till recently, how old is Stoke? Eighteen sixty-three. Wow. Yeah, one of the oldest clubs. Wow. And Wrexham, eight sixty-four. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure, mate. Who's that one? Knotts County. Oh, okay. Are they got relegated, they? Yeah, sadly, but not a football league club anymore. And then the other ones you missed. Um, <laughs> Scarborough, yeah, Burton Albion. I was going to see them, you know. Uh, Oldham Athletic, okay, and final one, Gainsborough Trinity. Uh, that would be my next guess. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. What about Wales? How are you thinking for Wales? So Wales have got two massive, massive games coming up, and they huge. Well, you know, if they don't get anything out of these, maybe Giggs will be the next Cardiff manager. Please no. <laughs> Um, please no you'll have them training up in Salford or something um, <laughs> right well they got Azerbaijan next away um, the hungry game all depends on the first game so yeah. uh, so if they don't beat Azerbaijan I think they don't think, I don't think they'll beat Hungary um, because I don't know if they'll it's, if results haven't gone their way and they can't qualify anyway they got playoffs pretty much nailed on haven't they Wales yeah. as long as Austria get a point I think from their last couple of games which I should do. Um, right. Azerbaijan away. Ramsey back. Yeah. Scored as well, didn't the other day from a couple of yards out. Maybe a yard. Uh, maybe not even a yard. Off on the line from yeah. Ronaldo. Uh, Bale in the squad. <laughs> even though he was injured for the last uh, few weeks. For That's upsetting people, isn't he? Because he, that quote that's doing the rounds, I've seen loads of people with it on flags, which is winding other people up. But um, his oh, quote Wales, of, golf, Madrid. Yeah, it? Wales, full stop, golf, full stop, Madrid. Like, yeah, that that's, that's what one of the um, yeah, journalists said out there, wasn't it? But that's Bale's attitude. Uh-huh. There you go. All right, he's back. Um, I think just having Ramsey back is so big. And I think right. they'll win purely because of Ramsey being back. Interesting. I can't remember the stat now and I'm going to mess it up. No, but, um, no Joe Allen is there for the first game. He's no, no. But since uh, the Euros 2016, he has missed 17 out of 31 games, I think, for Wales. So Ramsey. More than half. More than half. Over half the games. And that showed. The fact that we've tailed off, I think, has showed. Because Aaron Ramsey, on his day, is phenomenal. Two big results, though, against Slovakia um, away in Croatia, wasn't it, recently? Two good one-alls, because you know if you can have a good one, or I'm guessing because Croatia, you would expect them to beat Wales, yeah, um, and they played pretty well in that game. And Slovakia thought they played okay, to be fair, for a tough away away fixture when they the away game before you know they lost to Hungary, um, so you know they they've needed a big game there. So I think yeah, I think beat Azerbaijan and then at home with the massive crowd behind them, they yeah. they should beat Hungary and qualify. Um, yeah, it'd be it'd be amazing if they did qualify because they've been pretty pretty awful in this campaign. Oh yeah, and and people again will have their way and say, oh well, the old like you know the expectation we should qualify is ridiculous. I don't think it is. It's something we've got to aim for. Something that yeah. for Welsh football they need to aim for. And I'm looking forward to doing a Euro podcast before the Euros. Yeah, 
and also trying to, to sell our book, which should be out by then. Yeah. We got a book, by the way. I don't know if you heard. There you go. <laughs> right, you got one more quiz? Yeah, one more quiz. And then we'll just have a little fantasy update because I'm ah, doing very yeah, well. I'm doing, I'm doing terrible. I for, keep forgetting the last few weeks. Too busy, see? <laughs> okay. You've heard the phrase, the best thing, thing since sliced bread? Is. You've heard the... Yes. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this year, it goes on sale in the UK. So that phrase oh. presumably develops after this. The phrase goes on sale or sliced bread goes on sale? Sliced bread okay. goes on sale in the UK. Uh, sliced bread. Hmm. Oh, gosh. What a question, eh? 1918, 19... Oh, I'm thinking turn. I'm thinking... Oh, 1903. Okay. Say just a random number. The city of Constantinople in Turkey changes its name to Istanbul. 1917. Amy Johnson lands in Darwin, Australia on the 24th of May, becoming the first woman to fly solo from England to Australia. Fly in 1921. That's unbelievable, though, isn't it? <laughs> not, not bad, not bad. It's unbelievable. Good effort. Yeah. The Chrysler Building in New York is completed okay, so and opened. So that's 20, isn't it? I think. 926. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, the first men to walk on the moon, are both born. I'll stick with 26. The inaugural Serie A, so the first ever Serie A, is won by Ambrosiana, later known as Inter Milan. Oh, I should know this. I've been researching this for the book. First ever Serie A. I didn't actually research this for the book, but I researched something <laughs> else for the book. <laughs> so you're not and then I got sidetracked and yeah. went off tangent. Oh, Surprisingly late. Serie A. 1930. 1930. The film... All is Quiet on the Western Front is released. 1930. Uh, 1930. Yep. And finally. Oh, what? Finally, damn. The First World Cup is held. Yes. In Uruguay, and 1930. Yes. By the host nation as Uruguay defeats Argentina 4 2. Sliced bread that late? Yeah. Even though a sandwich was already invented by then? Sliced bread is released the same year that a woman flies from England to Australia. So pioneer and efforts from both, yeah. both women and the bread industry. Do you well, know who bread industry quite slow? Do you know who it was? You know which manufacturer of bread it was? Talking like Kingsmill or Braces? Yeah. No, I don't Braces know. Braces, well, other other bread is available. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. if you do want to sponsor us any bread companies, I'd be that'd be lovely. Happy to take that sponsor. Sliced. Yeah. Well, I, I can't Raquel's like yogurts. Oh. <laughs> quite, yeah, that's I quite like a uh, a crusty loaf that myself so there you go brilliant, brilliant. Um, <laughs> final thing then it's been great to be back but mm. let's just talk about fantasy football yeah um, right. how have you been doing you said you've forgotten things so I was doing alright I was happily mid-table in the league and I started to drop because of you know you forget a couple of weeks you get to change some players. That's criminal. And the shaft. So I've got, I've got 49 points this week. So I had over average. I'm saved by Mo Salah being my captain. And Bernardo Silva a couple. Um, so about, I think, I think six of my whole team and bench didn't play. Well, I, I'll tell you how... I'm 39th. I don't want to hammer you, but I'll tell you how poor you've done is that um, I started a Brexit fantasy head of me, team, um, which is only including oh, no. British players. 
Only yeah. British based. I missed the Not. first week, so like Brexit, I was late. Um, although we are politically neutral on this podcast, um, yeah, Brexit is, is in no way, you know, yeah, nothing. That, nothing but that we'd like. I am only six points behind you, and oh, I, what? Yeah, you missed a week, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I missed. I missed the first week. All right. Have you been changing the team though? Uh, not not that regular. I've been forgetting. Oh, you have been changing it. Yeah, oh, I, have I thought been. you had to keep the same thing. Okay, fine. No, right. I just I have to keep British players. Flying that Ings. Yeah, I've, I've dropped. I was up to about twenty first, I think. Just scroll to the top. Scroll to the top. So up top is Lewis Williams, uh, seven hundred forty points. Who's second? So he's got quite a big gap to second, uh, which is you, two points behind him. Seven hundred thirty-eight points. There you go. So well done, Lewis, Reese, and Jesse. All Williams. All brothers. Are they all brothers? They're brothers, yeah. They're the same team? Similar. Oh. Uh, 89 points that I got last week. I had a very good week last week. Uh, My brother's 23rd. I'll tell you where I am in the world. I was happy with this. I'll take this. So I, I put down as a Bournemouth fan on there because I quite like Bournemouth as a football club. 46th out of the, the whole Bournemouth fans playing this. Ew. In the world, oh 10,578th out of I'm three point seven million. Five, seven million. What's it? 7 million. Out of 7 million, I'm and 10,579. I once came 900th in the game week. That's good. I know, I was happy with that. 105 points. Good. Yeah, there we are. Good. As ever, uh, you can get in touch with us uh, the usual ways, so at TFHBS on Twitter. You can go on the website, www.thefootballhistoryboys.com. Or look us up too on Facebook, which is The Football History Boys. Yeah, brilliant. I it's been a this. pleasure being back. It's been good to get back into it. Lovely. We'll give you lots more about the book as and when it comes. We'll link the book. Please buy it because <laughs> we put a lot of work into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of research into it. Uh, a lot of long nights. So, you know, do us a favour. Buy the book when it comes out. Thank you. And that, enjoy your Christmas films. I've been starting. Your, your girlfriend's been starting as well. Yeah, she was watching one when she really came over. Those, yeah. those Netflix Christmas films. You've got to get on them early. You never have enough time to watch enough Christmas films. So that's why I've do, doing now sort of watching sort of two a week. Brilliant. You look forward to that tonight then? I can't wait. Writing a bit of the book and watching the film. Editing the podcast. Brilliant. Lovely. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Tyler.